Welcome to episode one of One on One. I'm Kevin Fitzgerald. Very much appreciate you listening. And yes, this is a podcast. I I was actually really excited to start this because I've had the chance over the last few years to to meet and talk with and, and really learn from some of the most insightful, impactful coaches, administrators, brilliant star players, past and present around our college sports universe and and individuals that I know are just really insightful people, have insightful stories, philosophies, backgrounds. I wanted to shine a light on all of that. So we'll have a guest on each week on this thing. And and guest number one is head men's basketball coach at the University of South Carolina. He is Frank Martin. He led the Gamecocks to a Final Four in 2017. Powerful run, first and only in the program's history. Former Big 12 Coach of the Year, legend down in Miami and in, in, in the basketball world down there, and, and in the words of many of his coaching peers and colleagues, just one of the most respected people in, in college basketball. So I've always admired his passion. We, we've gotten to know each other really well over the years. He's passionate about not just coaching basketball, but teaching and educating. Really genuine person who I know means a lot to many people. I I always share this from time to time. Nowhere else do I see more former players or assistants or coaching colleagues or friends, so on and so forth in in our college basketball world than at Frank's practices or shoot-arounds. And I think that's just an illustration of the relationships he's developed over the years because all those people mean a lot to him and, and and in turn, he means a lot to them. This is a really wholesome conversation that I know you're going to enjoy. We're going to talk about what it's been like to have some of his players back on campus, safely that is, for some summer workouts, being named the chair of the NABC's Committee on Racial Reconciliation, who are the most influential people in his life, and last but not least, the evaluation of the great Bob Huggins' exceptional beard. Uh, up in Morgantown. Uh, It's going to be a fun conversation. I know you'll enjoy it. So without further ado, here is Frank Martin. Coach, I can't thank you enough for taking out some time, being guest number one on the show here. And you always know how much uh, I am delighted when I see South Carolina on my schedule. It means I get a chance to visit and and catch up with you and and have some great conversations, which I always appreciate. So it is uh, great to have you. And how are you? How goes it these days? Oh, man, great to see you, too, uh, Kevin. I, I know when you reached out to me about doing this, I, I, I was like, absolutely, and uh, excited to, to share stories and vision and and uh, anything else that, that, that we can share with each other here and for, for others to see. But uh, I'm doing great. You know, went through, uh, uh, just like everyone else, the last four months have been interesting. Uh, uh, you know, personally, I, I went through a knee replacement. So I'm just starting, I'm seven, tomorrow will be seven weeks. So I'm just starting to move around and, and, and feel halfway decent again. Uh, so, um, you know, but, uh, but I, I can't complain. I mean, I'm, I'm, I say this all the time and I, I hope no one thinks I say it just to make it sound good. I say it as I mean it. I'm one of the luckiest people on the face of the earth. And, and uh, uh, I, I uh, uh, you know, it's, we've, we've dealt with the difficult times here with COVID and, and uh, just uh, the, the inconveniences that, that we've all been asked to deal with. Uh, but I've turned around and tried to use it as a positive and got myself involved in different committees and, 
um, in different ways to, to try and impact uh, people in a positive way. So I'm excited, and uh, I'm excited to have our players back, excited to, uh, to see what – hey, here's the thing. We can't say – I'm excited for two months from now. I'm excited for tomorrow because right. with this thing going on, you know, day to day, everything can change. What's unique about, I guess, this particular week in which we're talking is you've got some players back. There are some basketball activities that are in place moving forward the rest of the summer with players being on campus. How has it looked? How has it felt to have some of the guys back? Yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome. To, um, you know, we've done some Zoom calls and all that stuff, and they're, they're productive. But it, it's, it's a different vibe when you're sitting in a room with your guys and you can look at them in the eyes and, um, and, and you feel each other's enthusiasm. Uh, and uh, uh, we, we got that in our first meeting. Uh, and uh, tomorrow's our first weight workout. Uh, and uh, uh, away we go and see where, where this thing takes us. And uh, we've got a plan in place as to how we want to manage uh, from this point moving forward. Uh, to, to get our guys in the best place possible uh, by the time, uh, you know, they say it's time to go play. So um, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. we got a great group of guys, and my staff's been tremendous. And, um, uh, you know, it's it just the, the hard thing is you can plan for more than two, three days ahead, but there's no given that that plan's going to work. So you, you better be prepared for tomorrow and, and then be ready to adapt to it. It's almost like we're all venturing down kind of a path, but we don't really have the blueprint to it. We don't know what's ahead, but we all have to continue down it. From As it pertains to that with some of your players, specifically as it relates to the last couple of months, what are the questions that your players ask you, that, that some, of your, the, uh, some of the assistants and folks on your staff ask you about, hey, what are things going to look like moving forward, and how do you best answer those, especially with your players? Yeah, I mean, the, the one question that, that they all ask, hey, are we going to play? And, uh, you know, and right now uh, we're all enthusiastic and optimistic about playing. Uh, the plan is for us to play. Uh, I think there'll be some adapting, uh, but the plan is to play. If not, schools around the country wouldn't be trying to bring their players back in July. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, some schools brought them back in June. and. Um, it's, uh, if, if the plan was to, uh, just figure out a way to get through the year, uh, we wouldn't be worried about bringing them back in July. So, uh, our, uh, just find peace, uh, uh, learn, learn how to, uh, you know, we, we need to depend on each other to handle our stuff the right way. Uh, to, you know, as, as, cause you know, we have formed between our staff and players, this invisible bubble mm -hmm. on our campus right now. And uh, we all have to be respectful of um, uh, living life a certain way, out of respect for one another. Um, so it's it's all it's all part of it. I think it's a, I think it's a great time to continue to build relationships and grow as a person, and um, you know, and, and take advantage of this moment to uh, to become even a stronger human being and a and a, and a more reliable person and uh, and a better teammate. Which is whether we're 54 years old or 18-year-old college freshmen, we're all striving to be great teammates. And uh, so I'm excited. I'm excited for what's in front of us. This has been a busy summer for you. And I almost, uh, shame on me for only introducing you as, you know, coach of a university. That's one of the great things that I, that I love about you is you're defined by a lot more than 
than just that. And specifically as it relates to a couple of things that you've done in recent months and will continue to do moving forward, you know, a, a tardy congratulations on being named the NABC's chair, along with Tommy Amaker of the new Committee on Racial Reconciliation. I know there's going to be, you're going to do so much when it pertains to the McClendon Foundation's MLI, the Minority Leadership Initiative. Uh, when, it, when it relates to those two, I'll ask this, what, why'd you do that? What was so important about doing that and moving forward with those two initiatives moving forward? Yeah, it's, um, um, first of all, uh, we're in a board meeting and the whole topic about George Floyd came up back when, when he was first murdered. And uh, I was pretty adamant about some of my experiences and some of the things I've seen and some of the things that uh, that I think we we have to do better. Um, and Conzo uh, Martin, Tommy Amaker, John Calipari, those guys jumped in and 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 shared ideas and and it was pretty pretty adamant conversation. And uh, when when it was over, uh, Jamie Dixon, who's our president at the NABC, said, "Well, Frank, uh, from the sounds of things, uh, uh, we're going to make you the, the the guy in charge here and lead the charge." And, uh, you know, Tommy Amaker jumped in and said, um, you know, Frank, sometimes we choose what we do and sometimes the moment chooses us. And, and I said, well, I'm all in Tommy, but you're joining me on this one. And then he, he, he's all in. And, um, and it's, a, it's, it's powerful. It's, uh, it, it's, it's a matter, you know, when you get yourself involved with things like this, it, you're giving, it's not just to share what I know is for me to listen to what others know. It, it, it allows me to engage people in real conversations. We live in a phony world in sports sometimes uh, because everything's all around winning and losing games. So now the, the whole getting along thing, we got that figured out now. Our locker rooms, people respect each other. And uh, and when they don't, teams lose. It's just simple as that. Uh, but, but we're also shielded from the way a lot of people around the world work uh, because you know, we're in our, sorry for the pun, but we're in a bubble uh, within our own team. And um, so, so being a part of this has allowed me to grow. Uh, and, and it's something I'm adamant about uh, uh, because it, it, this country has a lot of good, a lot of good. And we're so, you know, it's been great to me and my family, um, you know, because I'm first generation American. Everyone in my family before me uh, came to this country as an immigrant and, and, and it's, the country has given me an opportunity to do what I do today, uh, where my parents weren't able, uh, to, to have these opportunities, but the country opened doors for us to be able to do these things. So, uh, so I, I have a certain view of, uh, the country, but I also understand that there's some deep rooted history in our country that, that, we've all tried to avoid to a certain extent. And um, well, it's uh, now these conversations have gotten real. And because of that, I've become a lot more educated on a lot of things. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm more prepared uh, to, 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 to be uh, uh, intelligent as to when I share my points of views and my opinions. Uh, and then being a part of this committee uh, and the McClendon Initiative, which, by the way, that's John Calipari's baby. What an incredible thing. Uh, what an idea he put together. Uh, I want to say we're up to 60 coaches in 70 schools. 
wow. if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so that's, that's 70 schools are going to have a, 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 a person of color, a minority, male, female, uh, given a real job at the level of administration, where is the one place that uh, I'm not into telling people how to do their jobs or who they should hire. I don't, no one's going to tell me who to hire. I don't tell anybody who to hire. Uh, but the one, the one place that, uh, that is, uh, minorities have gotten more opportunities in, um, in, in our country that has not developed in that way is athletic administrations around college athletics. And, uh, and it's something that we, we need to, we need to promote. We need to create access and opportunity, uh, for that. And, uh, so being a part of all these things, uh, you know, some of the initiatives that we as, uh, the, the, the racial reconciliation committee that we have already taken on that we're fighting to change for what's right. Uh, I'm excited about. So, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the challenge is, uh, Kevin is, is, is in all lost Tom, me, Dixon, me, hugs, Cal, uh, as we get closer now to the beginning of the school year and all our players being on campus. Now we got to get back to our real jobs here in a minute and, and make sure that we don't lose the energy and the enthusiasm that we have for some of these initiatives that we've started. You will have periodically meetings with players, but, but not about basketball. It'll be, hey, everybody get in here, and the floor is open. Discussion is yours. What's on your mind? And especially, they're especially important um, during times like this right now around our country as it relates to some of the things that you just mentioned. Why is that so important to you to allow that opportunity for your players? And what do you really want to see come out of those sort of meetings when it's, hey, the floor is open. What do you guys want to talk about? You know, Kevin, I learned so much about our players in those conversations. And at the same time, the power in those conversations, because uh, it's I'm a big, I'm, a, I'm all about education. It's what I believe in. It's what I fight for. Um, it's, uh, there's nothing worse than somebody that's unprepared in life. And um, so I'm all about educating and, and, and giving our players the, the, the knowledge and the correct knowledge. Because the one thing I get worried about in today's day and age is with social media, there's so much, not nonsense, but just gossip out there. Right. That's not actual facts. And, and it just, it becomes, it spreads like wildfire. And all of a sudden you got everyone thinking on social media that something's real and it's a phony conversation. It doesn't, doesn't include facts. And so then what happens is, um, whoever stands up to try to speak on those things, um, no one pays attention to them because of what I just said, because people know that's not a fact. And uh, trying to educate our players to, to research information, to be better prepared, to give answers. And then the last part, um, you know, is, is we, we all talk about uh, representing things and being willing to, to, to take a stand and, and, and get everyone to respect uh, what we're trying to get respect for. Uh, so we have to be, we got to, to do that, you got to have courage to have courage. You got to have self-confidence, have self-confidence. You got to have knowledge on your side and information on your side. That way you're willing to get in front of everything. So then if you're asked a question, you're prepared to answer it in an intelligent way. So all those things put together, but at the end of the day, uh, it's just life has taught me, um, uh, that, that speaking with people that you care about about all these things is very important. And uh, so I, I, uh, I've, I've been doing it for a while. I believe in it. I think it's powerful. And uh, I think our players, our players really enjoy it too. 
that caveat right there, preparing your players, not just for a game or a game plan or a team or something on the court, but preparing them for so much more than just basketball. I know that's a huge philosophy of yours. Where does that come from? Well, why is that? Why is that so important to you as you teach young players? Because that's the way I was raised by my neighborhood, my high school, uh, my high school coach. Uh, uh, it was all about do right by people. It was all about, uh, you know, work, uh, persevere. Uh, don't, don't, you don't call in sick. I mean, it's just, it's the things that I was taught when I was growing up. And, and the reason you don't call in sick, uh, it's the, number one, because you want to keep your job. And number two, because the people at your job depend on you doing your job. So, so you don't call in sick because of those things, because it's always about helping others. And uh, it's the way I learned, the way I was educated. Uh, it's the way I've always coached since uh, I started coaching. Uh, uh, you know, I say it all the time. I, I spent 14 of my 16 years coaching kids from my neighborhood, mm -hmm. uh, the same neighborhood I grew up in. So uh, if I only worried about winning games, uh, I would have been run out of the neighborhood right away. It's about doing right by people. And it's about helping kids uh, in, in my field because I coach men. Um, you know, helping kids become young men and eventually helping them go from a young man to a complete man. And, and that journey is complicated. That's not an easy, easy journey. And, um, and, and then the last thing that I'll leave you on, it, it's, uh, it's kind of what I tell myself on a daily basis and a definitely a yearly basis. Uh, you know, when we're lucky, we play 37, eight, nine games in a season. Um, if, if my only worth in uh, those players' lives is 39 days out of 365. I'm failing our players. Mm -hmm. uh, if our players fail 39 times a year, but yet they succeed 330 days a year, uh, then I'm actually being extremely successful with what I do. So that's, that's the kind of stuff I try to keep myself, to, to keep myself level-headed and, and, and focused in on how much more importance there is on the off-the-court than there is on the on-the-court. So hearing you mention Miami and your time growing up and your years as a high school coach there makes me think of Shaky Rodriguez. And you've mentioned that name to me over the years as someone who was so influential uh, in yep. your life. So who else is on the Frank Martin, Mount Rushmore of, of influences? Who are the people that have influenced you and kind of shaped you to carry yourself this way? Yeah, I tell I, you know, people laugh because we're the same exact age, and and uh, we're we're as good friends as, as as two people can be. Anthony Grant and I, uh, you know, and we we went to high school together, graduated from high school together, coached high school basketball together. Um, he's godfather to, to my oldest son, uh, but even at a young age, um, the way he handled himself uh, as, a, as as a star basketball player that remained humble. Uh, towards everybody and it was so so willing to learn and work and and help everyone else um, you know it, even though we were both 15 years old I was already learning from him trying to understand uh, you know if he as talented as he was can be so humble and so giving well I better be humble and giving uh, and uh, uh, so he's been uh, as a peer an unbelievable uh, asset for me uh, Bob Huggins um, you know I met Coach Huggins, when I was still a 24-year-old assistant high school coach, and uh, uh, he's been a friend since, and and now he's become more of a brother. And you know, you mentioned Shaky Rodriguez, and there's other people in Miami. There's a guy named Jose Nunez, mm -hmm. uh, who was 
uh, first my assistant basketball coach, and then he became the athletic director that hired me to come back to my high school as the head coach. Uh, now his nephew, who played for me in high school, is now the athletic director at University of New Mexico. So it's, um, uh, you know, it, it's so many powerful people uh, that, that were part of our lives uh, when we were uh, young and, and, and still trying to, you know, form who we were going to be and what we were going to be about as a human being that, that impacted us in such powerful ways. Has Coach Huggins shaved yet, by the way? The, the beard is, <laughs> is, it is taking on a life of its – like, it's real. No, I, I told him I was on a Zoom call with him the other day, and you know, he, he's got the hair is long, the beard is long. You know, he says he doesn't have to wear a mask with that beard. It keeps everything out. It doesn't allow anything to get in. And, uh, but uh, I told him I think he's in competition to become the new Mountaineer. It's, uh, he's not only going to coach the game, he's also going to be the one that fires the musket before and after game time. You got large enough lead at halftime. Just head back to the locker room, switch places with the mascot. Coach, I know you got to run in a couple of minutes. Let me let me finish up on this before I let you go. We'd be remiss yep. if we didn't mention 2017, Final Four. It was such an impactful run. We've talked about what that means to you, taking South Carolina to a to a Final Four. One one player on that team, one player one player on that team, of course, Sandarius Thornwell. Uh, one of the most fun players that I've had a chance to watch over these years. You you have talked so much about his mental toughness, the perseverance. I, I think once we tried to compile like your old dude team, like just guys that <laughs> had it. And yeah. I think he was on it. Maybe Denny Clemente was another, but the players you've got, who comprises that team of players who of course had the talent, but had the mental toughness, the edge to bounce back and had the leadership as well. Yeah, it's uh, hard. Uh, yeah. The, from my K-State days, the guys you just described, uh, Denny Clemente comes to mind. Jacob Poland comes to mind. Rodney Magruder comes to mind. Um, those, those guys, their 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 commitment, the work, the the persevere. Some of the things I was speaking about before, it's who they were. Uh, and then you you move. You know, we 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 came real close at K State. Uh, we we made an elite eight. We're up one with three minutes to go. And Gordon Hayward and the Butler, and the boys from Butler, uh, closed the game out and kind of kept us I'm I'm sitting around I'm I'm humble enough to understand when when you have certain opportunities and in our business there's so many people who are so much better at what they at this at coaching than I am over the years yet uh, uh they never had a chance to be in an elite eight game or let alone a final four game so uh, I I always sat back and said god I can't believe we we're so close and you know chances are not the, the number of people that actually coach in a Final Four, the small list when you take into consideration the amount of Final Fours and how many teams there are. Um, and, and, you know, and I was like, wow, I'm, you know, maybe I'll never get that chance again, but we'll work at it every day. And then you hit fast forward, and I end up with guys here in South Carolina uh, that helped build the program and guys like Michael Carrera and, and Mendogas Kachinas who, who had that mental toughness, that, that willingness to lead and work. And teach Sendarius and Dwayne Notice uh, to create that mindset that that they needed to be leaders. And then, and then in 2017, uh, uh, you you know you're you're playing in a game against a conference opponent that you had split with during the year, and the winner goes to the Final Four. And Sendarius's relentless attack um, 
punctuated by Dwayne Notice, who was always known as a three-point shooter and a guy that defended the ball, his breakaway dunk uh, to kind of, you know, seal the game. And, and I'm standing there on the sideline saying, I can't believe these guys just got this done. And uh, uh, what a ride. What a ride. What ride of a lifetime. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't take that experience, uh, not a second of it for granted. Uh, you know, I've, I'm, I'm, I'm cut a certain way and I've got an itch and I'm dying to get back in that, that game so we can maybe try to figure out a way to play on Monday. And, and I'll, I won't stop till that itch is satisfied. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I don't, I don't, not a day goes by that I'm not thankful uh, that if they told me tomorrow I can't ever coach again, that I've been so fortunate to be on such an incredible ride for so many years. Uh, not just for winning games and Final Fours, but because I had a Cinderella store in London. Danny Clemente, Dwayne Notice, Jacob Pullen, uh, you know, guys like that that uh, uh, that have just I, – I say it all the time. Uh, who they – who they, they I, I meet those guys when they're kids. And now I have relationships with them as grown men. And uh, uh, I sit back and it's like, wow, I'm pretty lucky I get to call those guys former players. Outside of the wins and the celebrations and relating to the 2017 Final Four run, what is the most impactful moment that, that made you step back and go, wow? Gonzaga, who was in total control of the game, um, and Sindarius, who had been out with the flu the whole week, and we didn't even know he was going to play until sometime late Friday. Um, all of a sudden, we come out of a timeout because Gonzaga called timeout, and we had just taken a two-point lead. And 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 it's the first time in my coaching career where I actually realize, look at the fans. And we had a, a you know, there's 78,000 people at the game, and there was an unbelievable Gamecock following there. And I came out of that timeout, and yeah, usually I'm with the team, so we're all we're all sitting down on the bench. At the final four, the team goes like down the stairs to the floor and I stay on a stool by myself up there. And I'm sitting on that stool and I'm looking around at the crowd and we had just taken a lead. And I was like, can you believe these kids are getting ready to do this again? And look at all these people that traveled across the country to come to Phoenix, Arizona to follow the Gamecocks because of these kids. And uh, that, that, that moment right there, we, we didn't close out the game. Uh, but uh, that's a moment. I'm getting chills as I share that with you right there. That, that moment right there uh, was so powerful, and it's one that will be with me forever and ever. In your words, in a moment like that, you said it after that game, something like that makes some kid in South Carolina go, I want to be the next Cenarius Thornwell. I want to be the next Dwayne Notice, Justin Mackey, so on and so forth. So a really powerful moment. Coach, you are too kind to take some time out to chat. Really, uh, really enjoyed this. Thank you again. Fun doing it, man. Let me know anytime you want to do this. I, I, we can sit here and talk about good stories all the time. Be well, Coach. Thanks so much. Thanks, Kevin. Hey, so there you go. One-on-one -on -one with Frank Martin. Uh, very much appreciate you listening, and I hope you enjoyed it as well. You can go follow Frank Martin on Twitter, at FrankMartin underscore SC. So, so we're going to do this every Friday. We'll have a guest on. We'll have a great conversation for you. So keep an eye out for the newest episodes moving forward. So that'll do it for Frank. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening to One on One. <laughs>